This call is being recorded. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get started. All right, so uh, we would talk. We, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, uh, just the process of discipleship, and it's just a it's just a uh, it's going to be a full part. And for those that's listening online, uh, we're going to. We're going to uh, be dealing with four parts of how how Jesus began to move when he began to be in ministry and and how he began to call people and and as he begins to call people into the kingdom of God, how what does that look like today, which a lot of churches are not doing today. So as it's being recorded and for those that's listening, uh, you can follow along. Well, we're going to go from Matthew chapter 4, uh, and it's going to be myself and and, and Penelope uh, Golden, my wife. So we're going to start off with Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 18. Now, the thing is this. Uh, uh, a lot of people, when they go, a lot of people, when they hear about church, and they think about church, they think about a building. And they think about um, going somewhere where they hear the word of God, which is it's it's true that you can go into a place, you can go into a building, you can go into a church and gather, and you can hear the word. But a lot of people aren't being taught kingdom and what does that look, what does kingdom actually means. For example, when Jesus when he came, Jesus didn't come with a building. He didn't come with uh with uh, a praise and worship team. But yet, when you look at his ministry, you see that he came with what? With the word and power. So so let's see what that looked like. Because when Jesus began to call his disciples, that's what they begin to see, and that's what they begin to experience. It says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, and, and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and James his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So if we notice here, Jesus' first thing that he spoke to these disciples, which was disciple means disciplined learner, right? Uh, someone who's willing and open to learn and be humble and apply the teachings uh, uh, that they receive. And that's what a disciple is. That's what we don't have today. We don't have a lot of disciples today. But Jesus, when he came when, when he said, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. When he said fishers of men, he was trying to identify that, that you, you're gathering fish. You're used to catching fish. Now I'm going to use what you already know and show you how this applies to what I'm about to do in your life. He used something that was relevant to them to, 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 uh, to, to give them a, an example of what he was about to do with their lives. So. So if you if you uh if you study this you'll find that uh uh that uh Peter and 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 John and these men 
They had they had businesses. They had a life. They had a father who was in business. People knew them in the community. In other words, they they were they were well off financially. They were well off in society. But they left everything what they used to to follow something they never seen before. Which, what was the thing they never seen before? They never seen that this Jesus that we're reading about. They never seen someone who preached like how he did, because they had preachers during that time who did the, who moved the miracles like how he did, because they didn't see that at that time. They had people who were sick, dealing with all these problems, but yet at that time they had a whole lot of church and a whole lot of the world, but no power. And so what does that mean today? Because in Fire, in fire Realm, at any church or ministry that's teaching the kingdom of God, that, that when you are really teaching kingdom, You'll find you'll you'll find that it, it it comes with power. It comes with healing. It comes with change in other people's lives. It doesn't come with with what what we know today. People they're paying their tithes, but yet they're still sick. Yeah, yeah. You attend church seven days out of the week, but you still can't sleep at night. Yeah, you you yeah, you attend church and you hear the preacher, but you still got demons attacking you. You still in bondage to sin. You still can't get victory over sin. Why? Because though you got the word, just like Jesus' day, but there's no power. And, and and but but if you notice here, Jesus emphasized, "I'll make you fisher of men." What does that mean? That means that when Jesus, when He said that, "I will make you." He said, the same thing that happened with me, I'm going to make your life in a way where you can draw others too, and so they can experience the change that they experienced from me. In other words, I don't want you to just watch me all the time. I'm going to show you step by step from the teaching of the kingdom how to actually move in this type of level, how to actually move in this type of power, how to actually see the level of change that you've been seeing happening with me. I'm going to teach you what it is to move in kingdom. And let's see what that looked like. So verse 23, and I'm, and I'm going uh, to spend too much time on this, but I'm going to highlight this. Uh, verse 23, and Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, which their churches at that time, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Watch here. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, which was uh, paralyzed people, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and, and, and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. So if you notice here... <laughs> When Jesus began to call his disciples and they were following, they were being exposed to this. They were being exposed to something they'd never seen before. They were being exposed not to just the preaching, not to just the power of God. They were also being exposed to his character. They were being exposed to something that was un that was not hypocritical with what they seen in their in their day, in the synagogues and in their churches. So so they were being exposed to this, and they were learning how the kingdom operates. They were learning about and, and being taught by the way Jesus spoke and how he lived. So what does that mean for us today? Because in Fire Realm, so 
a lot of people they come to Fire Realm and they're like, okay, I see this, I see this ministry, I think it's awesome. Where are you going? Where are you going in Fire Realm? Fire Realm is an international. We're called internationally. God has spoken us. And our ministry has touched India. It has touched Africa. It has touched people throughout many many different places. But the thing is, but 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 the thing is, people ask, okay, where is Fire Realm going? In Fire Realm, not only do we have teaching, but as 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 people who come into Fire Realm and and new believers, the job of Fire Realm is to train you that you can see the power of God in your life, that you can join in the vision, the global vision that God has for this ministry, which is he wants to see cities changed. Cities change. In other words, God is tired of seeing cities. I heard a man of God even preaching today about demons over cities, uh, de- de- demons in people's lives. Some people can't even sleep at night. So, uh, uh, people who, who are paralyzed, who, people who are sick. God is sick and tired of seeing his church, his body, and people not experiencing his power when they go to church every Sunday because they're not being trained. See, that's what God is doing uh, 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 in Fire Realm. And, 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 and it was, it's our job, it's our mandates, even even as myself as as, um, as a leader and my, and my wife in, this, in, in the ministry, to train, to train believers that they can take this, they can take the power to their jobs, they can take the power to their homes. Because, because just like all the situations even going on in the news, God is saying even through the news, I, I, as you even read the scripture, the Bible says the wisdom calls out on the streets. When you hear of murders, when you hear bad news on the TV, when you, when you see all these things going on even on the news and on the TV and in the community, the wisdom is crying out and saying that how long will you just watch and not do anything? Will you not just pray? Will, 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 will you not hear the cry of people crying out saying that, God, we need change in our city. We need change in our nation. We need change, God. But God needs fishermen of men who will be willing to pray, who will be willing to get trained and not be so used to being churchgoers and not having any power. So if you read on, and that's, I'm going to pass it on to, to Golden so she can get into it. But it, 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 uh, as you read on more and you see that after Jesus, he went on to heaven, the same power that he was moving in, the disciples, those who were just regular people, after they got the teaching from Jesus, they begin to, they begin to heal the sick, raise the dead, show God's love to the point where there were people that literally say, what must I do to be saved? In other words, they, 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 were, sit, they were sitting there in shock. They, when they were preached, they were sitting there in shock and say, my God, what must I do to be saved? How can I be saved? What's going, you know, how can I be saved from God's wrath on my life? So, you know, what must we do when Peter preached? The Bible says they were cut to the heart. He and my shot. They were cut to the heart and said, Brother, what must we do? Because Peter said, It's because of you that the Lord went on the cross. It's because of you and your skin. While the Lord not only went on the cross, but, 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 
but he died a horrible death naked. People want to paint this Jesus like he just died on the cross and he was on praise. No, he was beaten to the point where you couldn't even recognize him. He was stripped naked before the people. At that time, the, at that time when they put you on the cross, they would put you on the cross and hang you there naked. Not only that, but his back was literally stripped of the of the skin because of the whip. It was like they had barbed wire on the whips, and it went across his back thirty times. My God! So, so I encourage all those that's even listening on the uh, to watch the movie The Passion of, of the Christ. But it was even worse than The Passion of the Christ, where Jesus actually suffered. And so, when they heard the message from Peter. They said, what must we do to be saved? How can we change? In other words, the same thing that was going on in Jesus' life, it started happening in their lives. They started preaching. They started moving in the power of God. And it, it is continuing. It's been 2,000 years since that, these situations took place. And that same power is being revealed today. Why? Because the Son of God, he's alive. Hallelujah. The Son of God is alive. He's alive and well. He's still doing miracles. He's still showing people his power. He's still showing people that he is God. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, and pass it along to my, to my wife so she can answer that. And... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, the disciples, they were ordinary men. They were normal, just like you and I, right? But it was something that happened that caused them to walk as God. If you read the book of Acts, it was Peter's shadow that healed the sick. It was times when they would cast demons out that they would begin to deliver the broken. Something had to happen to these ordinary men of God to say, I will give up everything. Just for your will, God. See, they had to realize that whatever that they were going to receive was greater than what they already had. If you come into the house of God and you're still trying to hold on to your own life and you still see your own life as precious, that it's worth more than the gospel of Jesus Christ, then receiving eternal life then you will never be changed. You will never be a disciplined learner. You will never be able to walk in power. See, the disciples, they were able. He said, Jesus told them, he said, you shall do what I have done and even greater. See, that's the type of mantle that fell on the disciples. They were even able to do more works, more power, more miracles than Jesus did when he walked. But guess what? Salvation is giving, given freely, right? Jesus died for our sins. 
We were, we didn't want Jesus. We didn't want to live holy. God, it was God that knocked on our door that said, uh, you know, hey, I died for you. I want you, you know, um, I love you. Come and join and, and, and supper with me. This is what our Christ has said to us, and that's why we're saved now because we accepted the invitation. The Bible says it's not that we loved him first, but it is because he first loved us, right? But guess what? The anointing is what you got to pay for. Salvation is free, but it's the anointing that you must pay for. Okay. All right, Golden. How, How do I pay for this anointing? I don't understand quite what you mean. See, God will not put his power on an unworthy vessel. What do I mean by that? Yes, we have gifts that we're born with. Yes, we have gifts that come into our lives at the time of salvation. That's why you can you see people who are AWOLing preaching. That's why you see people who are AWOLing still can prophesy. That's why you see people just moving in their gifts but they're, and God is so far away from them. But the anointing is what God has, uh, has said you have to pay for, written in Isaiah 61. Let's go, let's go to Isaiah 61. To kind of see what does God mean about paying for this anointing. So when you first come in, you come in at, you got to understand, yes, you are a child of God, but you're enlisted into a war. And that war, and guess what? You will be attacked whether you fight back or not. All right. If Isaiah 61 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has a what? Anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. Did I hear preaching yet? Did I hear prophesying yet? No. He said to proclaim the the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall rise up from the former desolations, and they shall prepare, I mean repair the ruined cities. The desolations of many nations, strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers, but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you servants of God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of shame, you shall receive double, hallelujah, honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, 
their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be there. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for a burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth, and I will make them an everlasting covenant. Hallelujah, Jesus. So this is what, first, first I want to share with you that this is what the anointing looked like. It is not your ability to be a great usher. That's a gift that God has given you. It is not in your ability to just move in the signs and the miracles that the disciples walked in. That was just a demonstration of the power of God. But the anointing is to walk in the the person of Christ. Hallelujah. But when you walk in the anointing, you will have what is called the love of God. Many of us, we have not been born with the love of God. We haven't been born with the love of God. So in order for God to birth his love in you so that you may receive the anointing, you got to go through some things. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Isaiah uh, 53. Isaiah 53 verse 1 says, Who shall believe our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And as a root out of dry ground, he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised, uh uh-oh, and rejected by men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as we were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, this is how the anointing is birthed. Now, let me just pause right there. See, it's easy to love someone that loves you. Because if you're called to the lost and the broken, right? So remember, we're walking as Christ. Yes, it is the power of God that shows that Jesus Christ is present, that will cause people to uh, know that he's there. But it is the love that breaks the yoke. Hallelujah. It is the love of God that destroys the yoke. So guess what? First of all, the anointing has to fall on me to break the yokes in my own life. (laughs) And then when I get free, I got to go break some yokes off with somebody else. So God is sending me to the bitter. He's sending me to the broken. He's sending me to those who are angry, to those who don't want to believe, to those who are rebellious. Because guess what? Many follow Jesus for the signs and wonders, but when it was time to drink the cup, when it was time for them to show the love of God, many walked away from him. See, we want the power of the anointing. We want the, the miracles of Christ, but we don't want the suffering. We don't want to be that man of many sorrows. That is how you pay for the anointing. The greatest gift 
and we're gonna go, we're gonna go farther. Now, now check this out in verse in chapter. I mean, sorry, verse five. It says, "But he was wounded for our transgressions; he was bruised for our iniquities." The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, and he did not open his mouth. He was taken from prison, he was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? See, now, is Christ calling you to just live a miserable life? No. Is Christ calling you to just suffer, 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 suffer? No. But he wants to make you aware that in order to, this is some of the challenges that you will have to face when you're breaking yokes. This is what you're signing up for. He's, he's God, Jesus Christ has always put it on the table. He doesn't hide. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't try to hide the scriptures from us. And it was a question asked earlier from the Holy Spirit. See, some of us, we, wanna, we want to receive half the gospel. But God is calling us to receive the whole gospel. I'm the first partaker. He wants us to receive the whole gospel. How can we receive the gospels, uh, gospel of miracles, signs, and wonders, walking in the power of God, the, the, uh, seeing your, the declared word that God uses you to preach to come to pass? But, we can't, but we're not willing to lay down our lives for someone else to live. So the anointing is what we pay for. And God, he strategically, as you start understanding that as you are, remember, all he wants you to be is an example. If I'm still walking in my fake old attitude that I walked in before I got saved, who going to want to hear what I got to say? No, that's not God. So, you know, I just want to drop that to you that, Understanding the process that there is a process. Does God have promises for your life? Yes. Will God raise you on high? Yes, He will. Will God prosper you in health? Will God prosper you financially? Yes. But God's number one concern, the number one concern is for you to display the love that he displayed when he walked the earth. And I know this might sound a little new to some of you that are listening online because you probably never heard that your church preached that. But this is scripture that we're giving you. When Jesus walked the earth, one of the greatest uh, ways that he began to show his disciples Love was when he kneeled down, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords kneeled down to wash his disciples' feet. And 
Peter was like, oh, no, Lord, I don't, I'm not even worthy for you to even touch my feet. And Jesus said, if you, can't, if you can't receive me serving you, then you can't take no part in this. He said, well, well Lord, wash my whole body, wash my arms, wash everywhere, right? And he said, this, this was the example that Christ gave us to follow. He said the servant, I mean, the is the servant cannot be greater than the master. So if I will get down on my knee as the son of God to wash your foot, your feet, your dirty, stinky feet you've been walking all around everywhere with, then you should be willing to do that for another. I believe God gave me a revelation that I will always hold dear. We will. The way when you stand before God, yes, he will have a book open. That's what Revelation says. He will have a book open of everything that we have all done in our lives. That's scripture, right? But I I personally believe in according to scripture that we will be judged by everything that was written in those books. And how we will be judged is by the way that we love one another. The first thing, the Ten Commandments say, the first, uh, the first commandment is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? The second one is what? Love your neighbor as you love, your, as you love yourself. So if I'm running around here thinking I'm doing the work of the Lord, I'm praying, I'm laying hands, I'm prophesying, I'm doing all this, and not have love, I have nothing, absolutely nothing. What is my motivation for saying that I want to be a leader in the kingdom? What is my burning passion and desire to say that I want to be a preacher? If you are a man or woman of God and you are a preacher and your ministry is not founded on loving someone else, you're wasting your time and you and you will make a fool of yourself. Because guess what? Some people waiting to see you slip up to say, I told you Jesus wasn't real. Yeah. Or I told you that old Christ stuff is a whole bunch of baloney. Look at that pastor sleeping with all the women in the church. Look at the deacon cussing you out, cussing, cussing out, um, cussing out the drummer. You see? So you know that's my portion of this message. Just you know what I love, what um, how my husband broke it down was that he first revealed to you that just as Jesus went to the disciples and he called them one by one, he said, "I see, I, I see you out here doing your business." I see you out here fishing, but let me make you a fisher of men. And when they began to follow after Christ, they knew that whatever Christ had in his hand was greater than life itself. That everything that they counted as precious to them, it was greater than what they had. And what I loved the most was that they became disciplined learners. Anything that you want to achieve, anything that you want to to do, or anything that you love, you will give everything for it. Everything. 
some men, they love football. Nothing can come between them when the football game is on. Nothing. What? You trying to talk short up right now. I want to hear that right now. You know what I'm saying? Wait till halftime. What? Because they're devoted. They're devoted to the ball game. Thank God my husband, he, he loved me enough to say, okay, maybe we can watch it together. But I got some brothers, I got some uncles that you better not stop them from watching the game. You become like the devil's spawn if you try to stand in front of the TV because they love it. They give their time, their energy, they scream all the house, come, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. like they praising it. They, 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 they love it. So if I love God, right, I'm talking about not just a football game, but I love the creator of the heavens and the earth. I'm thankful for what he has done for me. Then I, and I, I, then I am willing to give up everything that he has for, for his will for my life. And, and guess what? His will for our lives are always greater than what we wanted for ourselves. So that's what I'm going to end with for tonight.